Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. Thank you for joining us for this sermon. You can find all of our sermons at holycommunion.net and our Facebook, YouTube, and podcast channels. Consider hitting like or subscribe. Consider sharing this sermon with others. It helps us to reach more people like you. We are so thankful to those who support our ministry. You can give today at holycommunion.net backslash give. Gracious God, this blessed night, let earth receive her king. Amen. Please be seated. Let me begin with a word of welcome. Whatever or whoever brought you to church this night, welcome. Whether you're a regular in our pews or if all this standing up and sitting down and crossing yourself is making you a bit nervous, you're welcomed here. We know that Christmas, at Christmas, folks come for a lot of different reasons. And to build political capital with parents is never a bad idea. Coming to hear a choir member sing is another great reason. If you're here looking for comfort on a very cold and dark night, when the world may seem a bit off kilter, welcome. I pray you find a glimpse of what you are seeking. And tonight's sermon is on just one word. And hopefully I, I, that means that this sermon will be short. <laughs> and the word tonight is king. Joy to the world will sing at the end of tonight's service. Let earth receive her king. The question I have tonight is both simple and not. How is Jesus king? Well, what does the title mean? Luke's story begins with another king, with Caesar Augustus. And Augustus was the great nephew of Julius Caesar, his adopted heir. Augustus' rule marked the end of the Roman Republic. Augustus dispensed with all the leftovers of the democratic institutions. The Caesar centralized power. It was Caesar Augustus who became the first autocrat. So is the king simply the one with the most control? A few of you were here earlier for our pageant service. You get extra points in heaven. If you've ever been to a pageant like the one we had tonight, or most pageants in all honesty, you get a sense that Jesus' birth was not about control. Frankly, the gospel tells us the same. Remember, the birth took place in a lowly manger. Jesus' family, Luke tells us, are not given an extension on their tax registry because Mary is pregnant. There is fear in this story. Fear of the Caesar, fear of the policing army of the king and his military might. This is a story that has gone a bit out of control. Christmas is the story of a child born without a roof, to an unwed mother far from home. And this is the story into which we sing, joy to the world, let earth receive her king. To call Jesus king is an act of rebellion, a protest against the powers and principalities, against all the small men with big egos who purport to rule the world. To call Christ king is to commit ourselves to look for God amidst all the suffering, the cold, the poor, 
If Earth is to receive her king this Christmas, it will start with some of us going out from here to ensure there is room for all. The Earth will receive her king when no human being lacks for shelter, for health care, for food. And calling Christmas a protest might sound strange to you. We like to clean up history, try to make it more acceptable. Can I share a funny story? I ask you that, and then I realize that I have the microphone and you're sort of stuck, so <laughs> here goes. This past Sunday, we held the service of lessons and carols, and we had maybe our youngest lector for one of our readings, about eight years old. And I was looking for a lesson without a lot of tricky names in Hebrew, and so we settled on the announcement from Gabriel to Mary in Luke's Gospel. I didn't read the gospel closely enough, though. I just sort of scanned it for names. Because the translation that we've been using is called the Common English Bible. And it's called that because it tries to use words and phrases with a plain meaning. It changes some of the ways we're used to hearing the text. And as we were preparing for lessons and carols, I got a text from a worried parent. They were excited that their child was going to read, but they wrote, can we not have him read Mary's phrase, how can this be since I have never had sexual relations with a man? <laughs> so we reverted to the former translation, how can this be for I am a virgin? Sometimes I think we think of that word virgin more as a title for Jesus' mother and less as a descriptor for just how strange and scary the story that we tell this night, this whole situation around Jesus' birth must have been. Still, the parents were comforted when I texted back that we'd use the old language. Speaking of language, there's a womanist scholar, Willa Gaffney, who wonders about our use of the word king in the Bible. There's a whole book in the Bible that we call in English the Book of Kings, but Gaffney points out that at least a couple of the rulers mentioned in the lists are women. When we say the word king, we're more likely to think of a sort of European conception of power than Semitic tribal understandings of ceremonial headship. King is a tough word to translate in scripture. It's not just switching one language for another. There's a lot of cultural conception, a lot of baggage around this. So is Jesus a king? What does it mean to call this child a king? This Christmas, I don't think I can give you a full answer. I think the question is worth asking again and again. Are you the king? After all, that question will be asked of Jesus through his whole life. Starting at his birth, through his whole ministry, it's the question he faces at the end from another Roman power monger, from Pontius Pilate. Are you the king? What does it mean to call Jesus king? Calling this refugee child a king, naming that in this particular life, God came to be fully known. It breaks open our conceptions of power, of authority, of control. Jesus' kingship is good news for us, especially if, like me, sometimes you struggle with anxiety about control and perfection. The Christmas story invites you into a divine paradox. The perfection of God came to dwell in the messiest of human circumstances. Christ wasn't born in the halls of power. He wasn't king by any normal human measure of the world. word. 
the angels of heaven came to tell shepherds, the edgiest of characters, the least and last, and the animals witnessed the coming of the newborn king. If that's true, then you can't control and manipulate your way to godliness. Goodness and love may be best known in situations which have gone fully off the rails. The mystic Meister Eckhart tells us that the story we celebrate this night is not just about what happened two millennia ago. Eckhart said, we are all meant to be mothers of God, for God is always trying to be born. In each moment, but especially the frantic and fraught, God is trying to be born. What does it mean to shout, to sing, that Christ is Lord, that Jesus is King's? Friend, could it mean surrendering all of our illusions of control, all our lust for power? Our faith isn't meant to be about perfection. If a religion of control is the only Christianity you've known, if you've been told by religion that you don't count because you're queer or disabled or divorced or an immigrant, if you've been told by religious authorities that you are wrong because of who you are, I'm sorry. I am. I hope this night you can listen past all that ugliness. The Christmas story is a story of a God who is born among us. A God who chooses and loves those society pushes to the edge. Christmas tells us that all of God's perfection, God's majesty, God's love, was pleased to dwell among those society calls imperfect. God's kingship is found in the healing and beautifully out-of-control life of Jesus of Nazareth. Calling Christ the king, then, is about surrendering our need to be right, to be in charge. Naming Jesus our king means letting go of our radical independence. God entered the world totally dependent and vulnerable. Naming Jesus the king means following the Christ child out to all those places and people who make us nervous. Christmas dares us to be vulnerable for the sake of love. The incarnation is an invitation to widen our hearts to embrace people we find difficult to embrace. What does it mean to sing joy to the world, let earth receive her king? About this particular story it means nothing less than flipping the world upside down. Caesar Augustus may start out the story, but he does not finish it. God comes to the most vulnerable people in the roughest of circumstances. God chooses to rule from the bottom and invites us to do the same. The power to change our world does not finally rest with those who are elected or appointed to govern. Rather, God's power is with those living on the edge. God didn't come as a king with great might. God didn't raise an army. God simply broke in, asked to be held, to be nurtured. God chose to be born to an unwed mother at the edge of an empire. If God can choose her, can choose there, God can surely choose here, choose you. So this Christmas, in your own heart and in your world, as much as you can, let earth receive her king. Alleluia.
Amen.